Hello there, and welcome to a special edition of the All Y'all Podcast. I'm Chris J. And I'm Sarah Bear. As you could probably guess, since we produce a live storytelling podcast, Chris and I love to hear true stories from fascinating people. Our love of storytelling was really sparked by the art of documentary filmmaking. So when our friends at Maccentric reached out to let us know that they're sponsoring a really interesting documentary film screening at the Robinson Film Center in downtown Shreveport on Tuesday, August 8th, of course we wanted to help spread the word. Derek Wayne Johnson is a 34-year-old director, screenwriter, and producer who's born in Carthage, Texas, just about an hour's drive away from where we produce All Y'all here in Shreveport, Louisiana. His new documentary film, John G. Avelson, King of the Underdogs, chronicles the life and career of Academy Award-winning director John Avelson. Avelson may not be a household name, but his films absolutely shaped pop culture during the 1970s and 80s. He directed Rocky, which won him the Academy Award, Uh, As well as the first three Karate Kid films, he directed Save the Tiger, Lean on Me, and a whole bunch of other great movies. And for my fellow film nerds out there, it's worth mentioning that Avildsen beat out Ingmar freaking Bergman and Sidney Lumet for that directing Oscar, which is truly an amazing feat. It really is. And on Tuesday, August 8th, the Robinson Film Center and Max Centric will present a screening of King of the Underdogs with filmmaker Derek Wayne Johnson in attendance. And tickets are on sale right now and they are expected to sell out. So if you haven't gotten yours already, you may want to purchase them now at robinsonfilmcenter.org. We spoke via Skype with Johnson, who now calls Los Angeles home, about the film and the upcoming screening at Robinson Film Center. Do you mind uh, kind of setting the stage for how a young man from Carthage, Texas, kind of wound up? Um, Obviously, you befriended John Avildsen, and you must have uh, struck up a really important relationship with him for you to be entrusted to tell his life story this way. Can you kind of um, tell us how did this come to happen? Well, uh, you know, uh, you know, I'm from Carthage, Texas, uh, from the sticks of East Texas. I lived in Shreveport for a little bit. And John Appleton was always kind of like my filmmaking hero and influence and Rocky and the Karate Kid are my two favorite films of all time. So uh, one day um, I like found his email uh, and I sent him an email. This was about five years ago and he sent one back and we just started like this friendship and um, I offered him a, uh, a script to direct and he said this, he said, look, I get scripts all the time. All right. So do this, send me the script and a check for a thousand dollars and I'll read it. If I like it, I'll do it. If I don't, then I promise I will script doctor every page for you. If that's worth a thousand dollars, we're in business. I was like, okay. So I sent him a check for a thousand dollars in the script. Two weeks later, I get a phone call and he goes, Derek, John Abelson. I'm like, you know, like, Oh, whoa, okay. Hi. He goes, get a pen and paper ready. Your script sucks. Let's talk about it. I was like, Oh man. Okay, great. That's fine. And he, and he even sent the script back, mailed it back with notes and everything. So months go by. Um, this is when I was still living back in the South and I flew out to LA to meet with him and I, and we had a wonderful meeting for three hours. We even shed a tear over, uh, just talking about movies and talking about the karate kid. And it was very emotional and amazing. And I offered him another script, which he didn't charge a thousand dollars. for. It was free this time, but 10 minutes in to reading it, he texted me. He's like, eh, no, two scripts, thousand dollars, plane ticket, hotel, everything. I'm devastated. 
So then I fly back home, and then it clicks. So I pick up the phone, and I go, John, listen, I really want to work with you, and if I can't make a movie with you, what if I make a movie about you? And he goes, you want to work with me, kid? You're in. That's it. Let's do it. And then I had to follow through, and here we are. And so it was a bit of like, like, like that's how it happened, where the idea came from. And then I had to like really prove myself to him. And, and I don't know, he just, we just, he just took me under his wing. And, and I guess he felt I was a man for the job. And in a weird way, I do too. It feels full circle for me. Absolutely. Did you know going in that you were going to be landing some of the interviews that you landed And the second part to that question would be, how does a young filmmaker prepare to interview, for example, Stallone or Scorsese, uh, uh, you know, or even Burt Reynolds? I mean, like you were, I'm assuming, literally sitting across from some of the greatest people to ever do this. How did you mentally steel yourself to feel qualified and comfortable interviewing them? You know, I have to throw a lot back to Shreveport, Louisiana. I mean, I was making movies there, as you guys know, and, and we all were. And we were around, you know, you kind of get the, the, the little celebrity bug out of your system after a while. So I wasn't starstruck, but I was certainly like, oh, my God, this is happening. So I just went in with a professional mindset. You know, like, for example, when I interviewed Sylvester Stallone the first time, I've since worked, worked with him on other things and it was the best day I've ever had on set ever. Nothing went wrong except, well, his phone went off, but that's another story, but it was the best day I've ever had. So I just was mentally prepared to like, okay, you're in the big leagues. Now you've worked hard for this. Just be you. And I got to tell you something. When I lived in Texas and Louisiana, you'd always see like these guys going off to LA and they would come back and they were different. Yes. And like, no, come on. I just, that's just not my way my of doing things. And I found that in LA, if you just be yourself, whether that's on set, whether you're talking to Stallone or Burt Reynolds or whoever, just be yourself and they'll, they'll respond. And they did. And also just be prepared. Now I do have to say Martin Scorsese, unfortunately, is the only person I did an interview. He's in the movie. What happened was, is he's in New York. He said, yes, we had to wait six months and we were totally prepared to fly to New York. But what he does is, is because he does so many documentaries, he does it from a teleprompter. Man, that, although we're so happy to have him in the film, not being able to fly out and meet him and, and conduct the interview, that was tough. But we, we flew to Burt Reynolds' house. Crazy. We, we interviewed Burt Young in a hotel room, uh, Talia Shire, um, Ralph Macchio, who actually he and I are doing uh, the Adam Carolla show tomorrow. Um, it'll air on, on, on August 3rd. But like, just all this crazy stuff. Like all of a sudden I'm like friends with the Cobra Kai guys and like, and it's just nuts. And it sounds like I'm bragging. Let's just, let's call it what it is. It sounds like I'm boasting right now. And and I'm not, but what I am doing is I'm saying, if you go out there anywhere, if you have a goal and you just ask, it might happen. They're either going to say yes or no. So just be prepared, have a good project and just ask. And you never know. You never know what's going to happen. I think for a lot of people, when they get that no or that rejection that you got, in particular, like on that second script that you sent to John Avildsen, like 
that's their moment where they sort of clam up inside. And I guess, you know, is there something about you or your background or your approach that you felt like gave you the courage to even say, like, I want to make a documentary about you? You know, I was influenced by some documentaries. Um, like, I knew it was you, uh, Rediscovering John Cazal. Great documentary. Um, His Way, the Jerry Weintraub documentary. The Kid Stays in the Picture, naturally. Great documentary. So I was already inspired, but I don't know that, you know, it sounds cheesy, but Rocky and the Karate Kid, watching these movies, watching these underdog films, and just going, you know, this is my shot. And, and John gave me my shot, and he wouldn't have given me my shot if I hadn't have kept pushing. And so my advice to filmmakers out there is like, look, just keep pushing. Um, there's no right or wrong way of doing this, and no one's better than the other. And, and when someone has success, that's their sport. And, 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 and you just got to have your own success story. And John Abelson gave me my shot, and I'll forever, ever be grateful and thankful uh, for this wonderful opportunity. What did you... So you went into this process, obviously knowledgeable about his films, a fan of his work. I mean, I think most Americans who grew up when we grew up are fans, whether they know his name or not. You know what I mean? Um, what did you learn in this process? That I, I imagine that you came out of this, you had really close contact with a real, one of the defining filmmakers of a, of a certain era. I mean, the Karate Kid, the Rock, the first three Rockies, uh, Lean on Me, uh, Save the Tiger. So what did you learn from John Abelson? I learned to have an opinion and stick to it. Now, that got him in trouble a lot, and you'll learn in the documentary. But, you know, he was hard-headed and stubborn. But he taught me to have an opinion and back it up. And, um, and also... A really valuable lesson which he talks about in the documentary is he says this make them think it's theirs when you're dealing with authority or the studios or the money guy if they you know make them think that your brilliant idea is their idea so he taught me all these certain things about how to work work the business and and also he taught me a lot about just not only about just being a filmmaker and why he made choices that he made but just about myself um, I always call him my own personal Mr. Miyagi, you know, and he would just laugh at that. Um, but, you know, being around this great genius, every day I learned something new, not just trivia, but why'd you do that? How'd you do that? And it really just showed me that, you know, this is a guy who loves what he does or did because he didn't work for 20 years. And, and mastered a craft. He could direct, he could shoot, he could edit, he did it all. And it, it shows in his films. The guy directed seven actors to Oscar nominations. That's wild. And won his own. It's incredible. So I had, I had him in my life for five years, and I just absorbed like a sponge. He was wonderful. And we fought a lot, too. We, he was very stubborn. And we would argue, but at the end of the day, you know, we were buddies and, and, uh, I miss him. I miss him dearly. So I worked for, I, you know, I worked for someone who is a very accomplished writer for a long time and I would write like press releases and promotional material for his books. Right. And I always had a lot of anxiety about going to him and saying, Hey, here's this thing I wrote about your, the 
the thing that you wrote that's like very well accomplished. And that always gave me a lot of anxiety. And I was just always like anticipating that it was never done right. I mean, for you, it must have been something similar, right? You're making a film about a filmmaker who's extraordinarily well accomplished that you look up to. What was that like throughout the process? Like for you personally, like processing that emotion and then also, you know, your interaction with John about the film. Yeah, it was very emotional. I mean, it was um, like he's, you know, I, I got the opportunity to befriend him, be mentored by him and then make a movie about him. That just doesn't happen every day. And I had to get it right. And I ha- not only did I have to make him happy, I had to make the fans happy. You know, I have a lot of people to answer to. I mean, they're not my fans, they're his fans. And he was very emotional, and we shared a lot of emotions. And like I was saying earlier, we, we fought some. Um, he would let me win some. He had strong opinions. And, and you know, he saw the film a lot of times, um, and he gave hundreds of notes. Now, he wasn't stepping over me. He just, like, we, for example... It was really weird. I had to earn going to his house. Now, what I mean by that is this. It was a step-by-step process. So it would be like, let's meet at the Beverly Hills Hotel. That was his favorite spot for a while. Then people started boycotting it, and he stopped going. Um, So then it was like, oh, let's meet at this French restaurant. And then that was our spot. And then it was like, well, come to the house, and then I'd meet him at the gate. And then, then I would get further, and I would get in the gate. And then I would get up to the front door. And then finally, when I really earned his trust, he said, Derek, come over. Let's watch the film together. And I was like, oh, the team? And he goes, no, just you. You know, a rough cut or whatever. I was like, okay. So we go, and he has wine and cheese and he, and wa- bottled water, and he just lets me into his little man cave. And there's this Oscar sitting on top of, like, a beer fridge or something like that. And he was, like, kind of like, welcome and what he's saying is, is like, I trust you now. You've earned it. And we would watch the film. And then I started becoming like family. And he started becoming like family. And then I'm like doing more with him, traveling the United States with him and going to screenings and events and special awards he would receive. And, it, and, you, and it, that emotion got stronger, but the anxiety got less because I started feeling validated. Like he's really feeling this. And at the end of his life, the last time I saw him was at the world premiere and he was so happy and so proud. We flew out Ralph Macchio who lives in New York to the premiere was our special guest. So we got to share this monumental night and it was almost like his way of saying like, I'm, I'm going now. I'm gone. Thank you. And here's this gift and don't mess it up. And it's just, it's just been a whirlwind of emotions and, um, these things just don't happen every day, and I feel very, very lucky. And I have a wonderful team, wonderful team um, that you know behind this thing. So yeah, uh, just to cover our bases, just to make sure we have everything we need. I wonder if you could share. People love this kind of stuff. If you could share any sort of anecdote or any sort of favorite memory from any of the interviews or from uh, you know, you know, I guess what I'm looking for is uh, not obviously not like celeb gossip but was there was there one of your interview subjects that surprised you or amused you or just that you'll never forget i'll, I'll give you a couple uh, real quick um first of all uh burt reynolds was the most amazing he was such a gentleman like imagine this you live in la you fly no you just moved to la 
you fly to Florida to Burt Reynolds' house, and you get to hang with him in his bar called Burt's Place, and you film him, and you get to talk to him. And he didn't like John Allison, by the way. Actually, he hated John, and John hated him. They did not get along, but he said yes. And, and he said a lot of mean things, and then he said a lot of wonderful things. He had a lot of respect for John. Uh, one thing was, he goes, I, we're about to get started, and I said, all right, Mr. Reynolds, um, if you'll incorporate the question into the answer, please. I appreciate it. And he goes, like I've been doing for 40 years. And I was like, oh, yeah, I just got slapped in the face by Burr Reynolds. you know. But he followed it up at the end. He goes, I have him on camera saying, I really appreciate how you handled this and how you handled the questions. Good job. Well done. It was amazing. And then like Jerry Weintraub, who produced the Karate Kid films with John, he was the most charming man I've ever met in my life. Now imagine this. You're living in Shreveport, Louisiana. You're trying to make films. Things aren't going that well. You've made a couple, and you get kind of depressed. And one day you pick up this book at Barnes & Noble on uh, Uri Drive. And see, I'm throwing it back for, uh, for all you. I remember. And, and it's called When I Stop Talking, You'll Know I'm Dead. It was Jerry Weintraub's autobiography. So I picked it up, and I read it in three days, and it changed my life. I was so like, oh, my gosh. Like I was so motivated. And then I watched his documentary, His Way. They changed the title for HBO on HBO, and it was wonderful. Now, cut to three years after that. You're sitting in Jerry Weintraub's house where they filmed that documentary in Palm Springs. And he's sitting there being interviewed for your documentary. That, is, that was the moment I knew. That was early on that this is real. This is real. And uh, my life has been changed ever since. And we lost Jerry two years ago. But yeah, it, the moments like that, there were plenty of them. I could keep going. And um, I just, again, to filmmakers out there, to anyone for anything, just ask. Just go do it. That's all you got to do. Nike had it right. Just do it. So I think this will be our last question. What are you working on next? What can you share with us? Right now, I'm, uh, I'm working on two documentaries. Now, I don't just do documentaries, but it's kind of working for me right now. And I'm uh, doing one called Stallone, Frank, that is, about Sylvester Stallone's younger brother, Frank Stallone, and uh, who's a Grammy Golden Globe nominated singer, musician, actor, the most fascinating storyteller you'll ever meet, and who's had this 50-year career, who was famous before Sly, and kind of got overshadowed by his big brother. So we have, we've already interviewed uh, Sly and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Jackie Stallone. We've got John Oates coming up soon. We'll have... Uh, this whole awesome cast of people. And then we're also doing a Rocky documentary uh, with Sylvester. Um, it, it's, we don't need any more Rocky documentaries, but this one's unique. It's, we're going to really incorporate John Avildsen's behind-the-scenes footage. That's pretty much what it's going to really be made up of. And, uh, yeah, so all that stuff comes from King of the Underdogs. Again, because I just, you just got to go do it. If you'd like to attend the Robinson Film Center screening of King of the Underdogs on Tuesday, August 8th, 2017 at 7.30 p.m., head on over to robinsonfilmcenter.org and get tickets now because they are going very fast. Speaking of tickets, we've got tickets on sale now for our next live storytelling event, The Skin I'm In, which will be held at the Women's Department Club of Shreveport on Saturday, August 26, 2017. You can learn a whole lot more about this event on our website, which is allyallblogged.com. There's zero excuses for being bored in August, right? No, there is a lot of great stuff going on. 
So we also want to take a moment to tip our hats to Maxcentric. Not only are they Shreveport's locally owned Apple premium service provider, but they are incredible supporters of art and culture in Shreveport. They sponsor all y'all. They sponsor the Rewind at Robinson Film Center, the Highland Jazz and Blues Festival, and a whole lot of other fantastic local events. We're thankful to Maxcentric for giving back to the community the way that they do. You can learn more about Maxcentric and what they do to help local Mac owners at maxcentric.net. That's maxcentric.net. Thank you, Thomas and Chris, for always fixing my phone when I break the screen. Okay, so thanks for tuning in to this special edition of the All Y'all podcast, and we hope that you'll give us a like on Facebook. You can just search for All Y'all in that little search bar. We're the orange, uh, orangey red circle logo that says All Y'all. Also, give us a follow on Twitter, where we regularly share updates about live storytelling events, new podcast episodes, and lots of other shenanigans. All right, thanks for listening, y'all. Thanks.